0: Coming at you live from the KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio.
1: Good morning, Bobcat and Rattler fans. It is a beautiful Monday morning, and I'd like to welcome you all to another episode of Bobcat Radio. I'm your host, Orlando Smart, and today I'm joined by my producer, Joey Gonzalez, and co-hosts Kobe Jackson and J.P. Flanagan. Colton Gibson was feeling under the weather and could not join us today, but we want to wish him all a get well soon. We have a jam-packed show for you all today here on the 27th of February that is filled with plenty of Rattler and Bobcat sports, but first, over to Kobe for a word from our sponsor.
2: Twin Peaks Restaurant and Sports Bar is a sponsor of this broadcast of Bobcat Radio, located on the northbound frontage road of I-35 and Guadalupe Street in San Marcos. Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info
1: and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks. Eats. Drinks. Scenic Views. Thanks, Kobe. Now let's get the show started with some Texas State baseball. The Bobcats hosted the Oral Roberts Golden Eagles in a weekend series that they lost two games to one. Texas State opened the weekend with a 3-2 win over the Golden Eagles, but dropped the next two games 3-6 and 4-8. What do you guys think happened to the Bobcats over the course of those games? Well, I think the
0: the offense seems to get going a little bit more outside of the home run ball. This is a team who can take it out of the yard with basically anybody in the order. But other than that, I mean, they can't seem to find a way to get the guys around the base paths. You look at the game on Friday. They score the runs via the long ball. And then Oral Roberts, I mean, they just showed why they're a regional caliber team. And I just think if Texas State wants to continue the success, they're going to have to find a way to put the ball in play.
3: Yeah, I agree. Uh, You can obviously tell that Texas State kind of went cold this weekend after being the number one team in the nation in regards to scoring. Um, One thing about this Oral Roberts team is they sure do know how to put um, batters on base. And they uh, beat us, I think, all three all three games on uh, hits. So that's very impressive for an Oral Roberts team. And also, I think what what really cost Texas State these last two games was uh, unforced errors, um, the, something that the team needs to work on for sure. But I think really is just fielding. I mean, the pitching is doing fine, but really just fielding and these errors to first base are, are what's costing them. Um, I think that easily they could have been a 2-1 series if it had not been for those errors. Um, but yeah, this Oral Roberts team was definitely slept on going into the weekend and, and very impressive.
2: Yeah, I agree. And, you know, the, we kind of, talked about the fundamental things that coach Stroud wants to work on. And I know he really stressed that a lot last year and obviously he's probably going to be stressing that this year. And, you know, we talked about oral Roberts coming into the season and how, you know, good they have been in baseball. So, I mean, that's a, it's a tough, it was a tough weekend for the Bobcats, but I mean, overall, you can't really, I get, I mean, even though losses do hurt, you can't really complain about the structure of play, especially on the defensive side. Cause I know sometimes if your defense is on the field a lot, then it could kind of tire, tired them out so but i mean a very tough weekend for the bobcats baseball team and you know they have another another game to try to rebound it and it's against a a good san antonio i-35 uh school in incarnate Warriors. so hopefully they can possibly bounce back
1: yeah joey you bring up a good point about just not being able to get hits past the long ball like if you look at that that second game against oral roberts that they lost there were no hits for Dylan Pena, no hits for Chase Mora, no hits for Ben McLean, and then Jose Gonzalez only had one hit, which was a home run. So the Bobcats really need to find a way to get more hits outside of the long ball. But they have another chance to do like you, like you said, Kobe. The Bobcats will travel to San Antonio to face the University of Incarnate Word Cardinals tomorrow night at 6.30. And you can catch that game right here on KTSW eighty nine nine. Moving next door to the Texas State softball team, who hosted the Texas State Classic this past weekend, where they won a perfect 6-0, including two wins and extra innings, both against the UT Arlington Mavericks. The Bobcats currently hold a 12-4 record and seem to really have found their groove after a roller coaster start to the season. What do you guys think about their performance this past weekend? I mean, what an
2: absolute dominating performance by this Bobcat softball team, because I was fortunate enough to be the public announcer for two of the games that was against UTSA and UTA. And the one I did for UTA was absolutely insanity, because honestly, the game, it was the main story was in the bottom of the eighth and the bottom of the ninth. And then. Uh, you know, just the batch just kept got hot at the right time and unfortunately got them to the win. But I mean, I want to shout out really the pitching staff because, you know, we were talking about how now Jessica Mullins is now considered probably going to be the closing role of this about softball team. So that means Tory McCann and uh, Annalisa Solis. And stuff is going to be like, oh, and Carson Pierce are going to be like the main two front runners and stuff for your starting pitchers. And they actually played exceptionally well. And I was fortunate enough to call the game yesterday uh, against Colorado State. And they were actually coming off a win against UTA, uh, UTSA before uh, before we went on air. So uh, they were kind of feeling really confident about the Bobcats. Just shot them down. Sierra Tran, Piper Randolph, who had a big big time game, having an RBI scored the first run of the game with an RBI triple that put them up three to one. And then obviously Sierra Trahan and uh, Sarah VanFer were doing their thing. So it was an unbelievable, unbelievable ball game. And you know, Bobcats got hot at the right time.
0: Yeah. Kobe, you talked about the successful weekend, the batting, can light it up at any point in the ball game. We didn't look at the game on Saturday night. Kyle and I were on the call for that one. And Texas state was on the ropes going into that bottom of the eighth inning. They were down by two runs against UTA and they still found a way to claw back, get three runs. I mean, this is, this is a group of girls where everybody can hit the ball and Kobe talked about their pitching. Their pitching has been really good. And then when you got Jessica Mullins coming in to close it, she can, she can shut you down. She can strike you out. She can, she allows the defense to make easy plays. Jessica Mullins will be a lot of fun to watch in that closing role.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Very impressive weekend. Um, getting to go 6-0 in your own Classic is very impressive and something that um, Texas State will look to build on uh, going forth in the season, especially since they got this FAU Classic coming up. Then the big one right after that in the Bevo Classic, getting to play teams like Wisconsin, Alabama, and UT. Um, really, just all around impressive. But I mean, it's kind of crazy that UTA gave them their you know biggest fits twice, being. Yeah. Being uh both uh, extra innings games, I mean not to you know be any be down on UTA, but compared to the other names at this this uh, invitational, um, it's cu- quite impressive that they were able to give Texas State their biggest fight. Um, all around, y'all mentioned pitching was great. Yeah, Jessica Jessica Mullins has really found her groove in that uh, closing role now, being six and three on the season. Um, but going into that Kansas game, she was really just uh, blemishless, and then. Uh, they that Kansas had put in a freshman pitcher with two on base and it opened first and they walked her I think it was Piper Randolph. Yeah, and then they let Sarah Vanderford hit an RBI to win the game Which was a very very odd decision by them. I don't think they realized who was about next to bat <laughs> But yeah, it was a it was a crazy <laughs> game I think on the weekend two walk-offs So uh, this Texas State teams really looking to build off that and one thing to also know is that
2: UTA were was in the Sunbelt Conference last year So I mean, I guess you could say this was I guess you could, could say maybe a revenge type Of game for them, but unfortunately, just you know, just came up short both both games against the Bobcats. And you know, officially, uh, you know, Bobcats got both of the wins,
1: yeah, definitely. A word we've been using to describe these Bobcats all year is resiliency. And both of the games you guys mentioned just showed that that game against that second game against UT Arlington, like you said, Joe, it really got kind of got away from the Bobcats. It was a tie game, go that's what put it into extra innings, obviously. And then there in the eighth, there were a few errors that put the utr that gave the utr 10 mavericks some runs but then in the bottom of the eighth the bobcats did what they needed to do get that win out and same thing against colorado state they were down in that game ended up pulling it out and so like you said tiara tran is batting a 396 right now so she's (laughs) she's really swinging the bat right now and the resiliency is just a that's a just a perfect word for the what they're doing this season In the Bobcats, they will look to increase their win streak as they travel to Boca Raton, Florida, this weekend to participate in the Owl Classic with games against the Winthrop Eagles and the Florida Atlantic Owls. But all right, guys, we're going to take a moment for a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the upcoming Sunbelt Conference tournament for both the men and women's basketball teams as well as the upcoming playoff game for the San Marcos Rattlers. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Bobcat Radio on KTSW 89.9. All right, welcome back, everybody, to this Monday edition of Bobcat Radio. I'm your host, Orlando Smart. And in the studio with me today, I have my producer, Joey Gonzalez, and my co-host, J.P. Flanagan and Kobe Jackson. Like I said before the break, let's get right into the Texas State women's basketball team, who finished their season with a win against Arkansas State, 86-79, on Friday night, clinching their first conference championship in 15 years, with a record of 21-8 and 13-5 in the Sunbelt Conference. These girls have been on an absolute tear this year. What are you guys' feelings on this season?
3: Um, yeah, it was quite an impressive Sunbelt win there. first time in 15 years is a big deal. Um, it took a few things to happen to get that to happen. They, of course they had to take care of business in their game this weekend. And then uh, they needed James Madison to fall to a Marshall team that wasn't really high in the rankings. And luckily Marshall did take care of business in that one. So Texas state was able to secure the buy and the con- or in the conference um, with that bye week heading into the tournament. They're in a pretty strong position as we've seen from the men's team last year, though, you got to capitalize on these strong positions with the bye week um, that they got to play either Louisiana or Appalachian State. And uh, I think they're hoping to play App State because they were able to win that game. And when they played Louisiana, they lost the first one and then won the second one. So I think ideally they're looking to play App State if, if they were to pick a team here. But, uh, yeah, I mean, still winning a conference um, at this stage is pretty impressive.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And big congratulations to the Bobcats for winning uh, the Sunbelt regular season conference. And I know, you know, compared to what happened, you know, compared to last year, you know, they, they were getting, they also got far in the tournament, almost won the tur- the whole thing last year as well. So I think the uh, that's kind of in the back of their mind as well. Like, Hey, we had a great regular season. Now let's turn it up a notch in the tournament. So honestly, I mean, I'm looking forward to this because in conference titles, anything is unpredictable, especially come Mar- March, which Martin is right around the corner, which I know we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but You know you honestly just keep your head up keep playing like you've been playing if you need to you know take you know kind of tweak some things a little bit just to just make sure that you know you don't make the same mistake twice then do so but other than that this is i think this is going to be a real interesting tournament for uh the women's team
0: there's a group of girls who's been playing with each other for quite a long period of time you talk about denasia hood kennedy taylor I mean, this is a real experience group. Jekyllaboo is real experience as well. This is a team who I think they finally put all the pieces together, and this is their year to finally make that deep run and go for that Sunbelt Championship and clinch a spot in the NCAA tournament. As JP mentioned, they'll play either Louisiana or App State preferably i'm sure texas state would like to play app state considering they beat them once this year and they split against louisiana but i believe this is a texas state team who can who can defeat anybody they play and then if they were to win that that, that places them in the quarterfinals. a win would put them in the semis against likely a southern miss team which they beat twice in two tight games And if you beat that Southern Miss game, you find yourself in a championship game and you have a chance to punch a ticket. So you just got to take it one game at a time. And all the teams that they're playing, they've either had close games or
1: they've beat them once or twice. Yeah, guys. And so, first, I just want to definitely give a shout out to the team. But second, to Coach Antoine, because she's been here for 12 years as the Texas State head coach. And this is her first championship. So, this has definitely been a long time coming for her as a coach. And. Like you, like you were saying, JP, they did need a James Madison loss, but they knew that going into the game. I mean, they got that before the game even started, so they knew what they the their destiny was in their hands going into the game. So they really took care of business in this game. They they let were led by Deneisha Hood and Kennedy, Kennedy Taylor like they normally are, and if they can continue to do that, like y'all said, they can definitely go far in this tournament. And but with the the successful season they had, they earned a double bye, like we've all been talking about, going into this tournament. So they won't be playing their first game until March 3rd, and that won't be – that'll be either against the Louisiana Raging Cajuns or the Abstate State Mountaineers. And you guys have already said it. You know, if y'all would kind of – would rather play the App State Mountaineers because of the – just the record. They went one and one with Louisiana, and but that loss to Louisiana was a 20-point loss. So, I mean, that just shows that, I mean, they might have a – their backs against the wall against that team but app state would be the better matchup but we're going to move on to the men's team their season ended in defeat as the bobcats fell to the southern miss golden eagles 79 to 69 on friday night this makes the bobcats official record for the 2022-2023 season 13 and 18 with a sunbelt conference record of 6 and 12 and i gotta say after winning back-to-backs conference championships and coach tj's first two seasons to finish 11th this season has got to be a disappointment i mean the conference tournament is approaching, and they have a first-round matchup against the Georgia State Panthers, but, I mean, where do you guys think they go from here?
3: Yeah, I mean, disappointment is definitely a word I would use for this season, um, but th- this isn't the over the, for the season, you know, there's still some opportunity, especially in this tournament, you know, getting to bounce back from something that you you were in the position to win last year, and then you didn't get to execute, so, I mean, this is still an opportunity for this team to, you know, show what they got, um, getting to play um, a Georgia State team, which is one of the worst teams in this conference as of late, didn't get to play the during the season so it'll be a new experience for them Um, but if they are able to take care of business in that game they'd have to play an old dominion team which they lost to in a close game in the first game of the season so uh, I mean it's it's looking up if they can get some wins here but uh, it's going to be a tough road ahead for sure Um, but yeah I think this this team has some holes that uh, coach TJ needs to fix heading into the next season but uh, it's something that he hasn't proven before that he can do yeah I agree and the one thing to to know is about the Georgia State Panthers is that they are currently on a
2: seven game losing streak so I mean I guess you could say that's an advantage for the Bobcats, you know, losing to Southern Miss, Old Dominion, Marshall, Coastal Carolina, Arkansas State, App State, and and then James Madison. So, I mean, I guess you could say this is Bobcat advantage, but I know the Bobcats are looking to kind of fix what they were doing in the regular season because I know, JP, you alluded to just a minute ago that, you know, the Bobcats have, have had a disappointing season. However, they made the tournament still. So I guess you could say it's still a win, but I know they kind of want to erase the regular season and you know now focus on the conference title because I know they were one and I believe they were one and done last year in the tournament. So uh, I think the Bobcats are looking forward to getting back to that. And I know, Joey, you had a insane prediction
0: coming into this tournament here. Yep, I'm glad you brought it up because I'm going to say it again. This is where you're going to hear it first. I think Texas State can make a deep run in the Sun Belt Conference Tournament. And let me give you the reason why. This has been a Texas State team who has been very injured prone throughout the year. Mason Harrell missed every game or not every game. Excuse me. He missed a lot of games. And I believe Texas State in D1 rankings, they had the most players miss games. I think they were ranked third in missed games. Oh, wow. So this is a Texas State team who's had a lot of guys miss a lot of games. Now let's look over at the Sunbow Conference Tournament. Georgia State finished last in the Sun Belt Conference. So this is a game that Texas State has a chance to win. Then they would play Old Dominion. Old Dominion beat them on a buzzer beater inside a straight arena. So that's a coin flip. Then you go over to Marshall, which would be the quarterfinals. They're a three seed. And Texas State gave them a run for their money until about the final five minutes of the second half. So I just gave you three games right there. If you find a way to beat Marshall, you find yourself in the Sunbelt Conference semifinals. Coach TJ is a very experienced coach. Uh, Kobe in Orlando, y'all just mentioned that. So Coach TJ's got the experience. And I think this is a Texas State team who has a chance to go deep in the Sunbelt Conference
1: yeah like we've been saying all year everyone's record is 0-0 going into the tournament so like I mean and it all starts with that first game against Georgia State and like we've been saying Georgia State they were last in conference Kobe mentioned they were on the seven game losing streak they lost 11 of their last 12 games they have a first year coach Um, they don't have a single player averaging over 15 points right now everyone their top scores are averaging just above 13 points so I mean, if they're, if the Bobcats are going to make a run, it all starts with this first game against Georgia State Panthers, which will be the opening game of the Sunbelt Tournament for t- Texas State, um, and that game will be tomorrow night at 730. And moving on to the high school level, the San Marcos Rattlers will play their third round playoff game tomorrow night against the San, the San Antonio Reagan Rattlers. That's right. You heard me correctly. Tomorrow night will be a route between the Rattlers. The San Marcos Rattlers come into the game with a 36 and 3 record while the Reagan Rattlers sport a 31 and 5 record. What are
2: you guys thoughts on this one? I mean, I don't know where I can go with this because the last game that they played was against Westlake and then obviously they beat them. But I mean, just for me as as and I've mentioned this so many times, me being a San Marcos native, this is this is I guess this is bittersweet cuz you know, San Marcos has not been known for, you know, championship caliber teams in so long. And I know last year, them being a New District, them playing Westlake last year in the final game of the season. I was there just as, you know, just as a as a fan uh, last year. Westlake put them on, put it on them last year. And I think they didn't forget about that. And they took advantage of that and solidly, solidly beat Westlake Friday night. But I mean, this game against the the against Reagan, I mean, they were coming off a big win against Round Rock that took them to three overtimes. So, I mean, I guess you could say that was arguably the best matchup that they'd had all year. If you look at it, but I mean, this Sam Marcus team, we've been talking about, you know, Malik press Malik Presley, and obviously, uh, Kaden Gums and then, Mate- and Kofer as well on the air, who's coming in clutch in these clutch, you know, clutch moments for the Rattlers team. So, I mean, this is going to be another matchup that I think a lot of people are, are looking forward to. And, kind of going back to about the community and stuff the more the rattlers keep going the more fans you start seeing at these rattler games because i know when um uh, when uh paxton and jordan were calling that wesley game uh it was so packed and so full that they really couldn't have any room to call the game but unfortunately they found a way so i mean this game is going to be is going to be probably the same like we've been seeing against Clark and against Westlake.
0: Kobe just mentioned the community. I don't know how many more fans they can pack into these uh, into these gyms. Pax and I called the first game, and there was literally no open seats. You talk about the Westlake game. I mean, this San Marcos community is coming together, and I've really enjoyed how much San Marcos is backing this San Marcos Rattler team. But one thing I do want to see, this team needs to – start their games a lot harder on offense. The first two games you look at the game against Clark, they only had nine points, I believe, in the first quarter. They were outscored by Westlake in the first quarter in uh, Friday night's game. So this is a Rattler team who needs to find a way to get off to a hotter start, and they're going to have to because San Antonio Reagan is a uh, top five team in Region Four. San Marcos is three in Region Four, so this is a clash between two top fives in Region Four. In San Antonio, San Marcos is one. San Antonio Reagan is two. I don't know how much more rankings I need to give you, except that this is going to be a really tight game.
3: Yeah, and I, I'm from San Antonio, and I totally forgot they were the Rattlers. So this will be an interesting <laughs> one. Get to see the Rattlers p- face the Rattlers here. Um, just another thing I found interesting is uh, the Rattlers, the Reagan Rattlers, uh, f- excuse me, um, got to play Westlake earlier this season, be it their second game of the season, and they got beat by over thirty points. So if Man. last if last week is any uh, or last game is any um, indicator of what could happen, um, I think that game against Westlake is you know a good uh, upside for them. Uh, I really think that this is Texas or not Texas State. I really think this is a San Marcos game though. Um, the senior leadership on this team is something that really can't go uh, get undermined here. I mean, these seniors got a lot to play for, and this is the probably. The farthest that they've gotten in a really long time. So, looking at looking to you know capitalize on a team that hasn't gotten to play great competition outside of last week, probably. So uh, yeah, I mean, looking to go far in this tournament. I would say Reagan is a pretty
0: fast-paced team. They scored 52 in game one, 72 in game number two. And anytime I've talked to coach Dan Miller, he always talks about, he believes that Sam Marcus is one of the fast-paced offenses in region four. And I think if the game plays faster pace, I think this falls perfectly into Sam Marcus's hands. You look at the game against Clark it was very slow paced. And the game against New was a slow pace, and those were two games that San Marcos nearly lost. So I think if Reagan comes out here in a
1: dogfight, I think this would this would pay, play more into San Marcus's favor. Yeah, definitely. And one thing I think that the Rattlers, the San Marcos Rattlers, will have advantage-wise in this game is just how deep of a team they are. If you look over at the Reagan Rattlers, they don't really get much after their big three. Junior Aiden Richards averages 19 points a game. Um, senior Luke Price averages 16 and senior Luke Mills averages 10 and after that it drops to barely above five and then after that the next guy is barely scoring like one bucket a game so if the San Marcos Rattlers can keep those three in check they should be able to handle the rest of the team because one of the one of their advantages is just how deep how deep of a team they are if you're even if you look farther down just the depth chart and the roster of San Marcos even soft Players like sophomore cash good have the ability to go off and have shown that they can go off. So the Sam, the San Marcus Rattlers definitely will have their hands full, but if they can they can contain that big three, they should they should be able to handle their business. Well, we're gonna zoom out of the the San Marcos of the San Marcus area and just look at some of the national sports. Last night was a or this past weekend as a whole was just a huge night in the NBA. Starting off with Damian Lillard set a career high seventy one points. I mean, guys, what can we say about Damian? Yeah, I
2: kind of feel bad because Justin's probably gonna be hearing this right now because it was against his Houston Rockets team. So I know he's probably gonna be kind of kind of sad about this. But I mean, I mean, we're starting to see a lot of seventy point games this year. I know Donovan Mitchell kind of did it, and then all of a sudden now Damian Lillard has done it. I mean the nba is coming is i would say the nba is changing so much i was you know obviously a lot of the people that i know the majority of us in here in this room grew up on is kind of you know retired and stuff and gone on to bigger and better things but i mean i think the nba is starting to really shape up its form of you know young talent and young players and i mean it was crazy and then obviously the two buzz those almost full-court buzz that we had with uh, with Paul George and with Joel and honestly, to my angle, I thought Joel and made that. I'm not even going to lie to you because it looked like he got it out just, flipped, just with the smidge second left. But you know, I'm not an NBA referee, so I don't make the I don't make the calls. But I mean, the, I mean, what a crazy, what a crazy weekend for the NBA after after the All Star break.
3: Yeah, and another crazy game would have been that Dallas LA game. I see Orlando's got the Lakers hoodie on right now. A very impressive win. I mean, this new look Lakers team is, you know. It looks new. It looks impressive with the addition of uh, Jared Vanderbilt, um, Malik Beasley. This team just looks strong. Um, And to – To kind of comment on how that win uh, looks for like the rest of the season, the Lakers are currently sitting in twelfth with twenty nine wins, thirty two losses, and the Jazz are thirty one and thirty one, just two games, but they're the eight seed, so they're fighting to get into that spot right there. I mean, there's still the play in, but I think ideally they want to get you know in one of those protected spots. So the West is very, very open right now, a very competitive. I mean, besides the bottom two teams and the Spurs and the Rockets, uh, it's it's really just a fight for the playoffs. And I know you mentioned that Justin's probably like sad about that game. might be a little happy that they lost honestly it's a race (laughs) to the bottom right now I think he might be a little happy but yeah I mean NBA is really exciting right now and uh just excited for playoffs honestly before the season started I
0: saw a lot about oh who's gonna fight for that for the bottom picks and I mean y'all are talking about how how close the west is people are starting to fight to get in I mean the only two western teams that are really just bare bottom is Houston and San Antonio Mm -hmm. I saw a graphic I think last night it was Houston I think Houston leads the NBA in most, like, single-player points allowed. So, like, Damian Lillard's 70 points. I mean, the defense not looking too strong out there in Houston. Yeah, and one thing I
2: do want to note is that the Lakers, the next opponent for the Lakers is the Memphis Grizzlies, who are currently, I believe, sitting either second or third in the West right now. And, I mean, the way this is shaping up, I honestly believe. So, I mean, Western Conference so far, to me, it's, it's going to be, so far for me it's memphis and denver in the western conference finals so far but i don't know because like you said joey the west is wide open and honestly this is anything could change in like the next few days maybe the next coming weeks if all possible
1: yeah as a laker fan i definitely got to say these new look lakers definitely have a chance to really make something shake in these next few games i'm jared i mean yeah jared vanderbilt played amazing last night he's really big on him and malik beasley And that's, he's been the shooter that all LeBron fans have been waiting for. So, but before we wrap things up today, let's hear from Joey for our update on the weather.
0: Well, it's starting to feel really good outside. It's currently 73 degrees outside. The high for today should be around 83 degrees. Pretty sunny outside. There weren't a whole lot of clouds. So the other day when it was around this temperature, there are a lot of people at Sewell Park. So if you want to go out there, go check out Sewell Park.
1: There is Wi-Fi out there. So go do your homework <laughs> and go chill out there. Uh, thanks, Joey. Well, all right, everyone. That's all the time we have for today's episode. Be sure to keep up with everything Sam Marcus and Texas State related by following us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at KTSW Sports for Kobe Jackson, JP Flanagan, Joey Gonzalez. I'm Orlando Smart. Thanks for listening. We hope you tune in again same time on Wednesday and have a wonderful rest of your day. But for now, let's get you back to the other side of radio.